Ash Taylor, Luke Keary, Cooper Cronk, and a full Rugby League World Cup preview on the Splash today. It's Wednesday, the 25th of October. Yeah, welcome into the Splash today on this Wednesday. I'm your host, Phil Pryor, uh, and it's all Rugby League today, uh, and we will get to that shortly, but a couple of other headlines. Uh, first, reasons to head to the Fox Sports .com.au website. First things first, in AFL, Travis Cloak, uh, the Collingwood and then Western Bulldogs uh, star key forward, has announced his retirement from the game effective immediately. Of course, the Bulldogs brought in young Brisbane forward Josh Shackey through the exchange period last late last week. Um, and Travis Cloak has decided enough's enough. He's going to hang up the boots, of course, a, a premiership player with the Magpies back in 2010. Uh, fantastic career. Has had a couple of leaner years, but um, no one can deny what he has brought to the game over a long period of time. Uh, in football, the Socceroos have announced their squad of 30 ahead of uh, next month's two-leg World Cup qualifying series with Honduras, all bases covered by the looks of things there. Head to the Fox Sports website for that full squad uh, and the analysis involving all of that. Uh, and build-up of the Wallabies-Barbarians game in the rugby section of the of the Fox Sports website as well. Uh, so, yeah, that game's this Saturday. Plenty of changes from the side that, uh, that beat New Zealand last weekend. Uh, and in cricket... Ed Cowan, he's uh, he's responded to uh, being axed from the New South Wales uh, Sheffield Shield side, um, which is in action tomorrow, of course, with uh, Australian Test captain Steve Smith wanting to have a decent look at some of the uh, the younger guys and, and the generation next uh, in that team that's playing South Australia uh, ahead of the Ashes uh, and the summer of cricket that gets underway. Uh, next month as well. So plenty of content up on site. Uh, I would recommend everyone goes and checks it out. So let's jump into it on the splash today. Rugby League, Rugby League World Cup. It kicks off this Friday. uh, And if you like watching Rugby League, then your weekend is pretty sorted. Uh, So I'm going to bring in our Rugby League journos. First of all, editorial lead Ben Glover. Welcome back. G'day, Phil. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And making his splash debut, uh, fellow rugby league uh, digital writer John Dean. How are we, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Good to be uh, back on the on the podcast. Yeah, for, yeah. It's been a while. You've uh, you've been busy the last few weeks trying to uncover some of the the backstories um, of some of the the players, some of the little more obscure stories, uh, which we're going to touch on uh, shortly. But uh, Ben Glover, off the top, we should probably uh, touch this Ash Taylor situation. It looks like uh, the Titans have secured their uh, their number one target uh, now that, of course, coach Garth Brennan uh, uh, has been, you know, announced as, as their coach moving forward. Yeah, massive news for the Titans, obviously. Uh, Ash Taylor was their, the number one man that they, they wanted to secure going forward into their future. He's, he's the man that they can build around and Obviously, we heard when Garth Brennan was hired that he's had a fair bit to do with Ash Taylor over the last 12 months, 18 months, and obviously that sort of mentoring role that he was playing probably played uh, into Ash Taylor's decision to stay. The Titans gave him till 
November one to to sign a, a deal that he's had on the table for a little while. So, but he didn't want to sign anything until the coach was sorted. No, right? and so they got that sorted. The deadline is looming. It's yeah. it's only a few days away. So um, the Titans would be breathing a huge sigh of relief relief that they've got him because that's going to help them uh, with other recruits and and it just gives the fan base some confidence that Garth yeah. Brennan was the right man for the job I think yeah 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 for sure it, it, uh, look star halves are, are dominating the um, the website today rugby league is dominating the website today because um, Nathan Ryan's weekly market watch column also went up this morning definitely worth checking out leading with uh, some Luke Keary uh, news uh, that the roosters uh, Still very much Luke Keery's in their plans, John, um, you know, despite the Cooper Cronk uh, strong links, which which continue to be there. Do we have an update, first of all, with Cooper Cronk? What is the latest uh, regarding that situation and where the Roosters are at in, uh, in getting him onto their books? Well, we at least know that Parramatta are out of the race now. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Luke Keery's about to sign an extension is pretty interesting because... Where's he going to play mm. when they've got P- Mitchell Pearce there? Um, Jake Friends there as well. Um, I know I know. Paul Kent hinted uh, on NRL 360 the other night that uh, Mitchell Pearce could move to 5'8", and then yeah. Kronk comes in at 7. Um, what does that mean for Kiri? Well, he might be coming off the bench mm. um, and playing a, a utility role with, uh, with, with Jake Friend, playing less minutes. Um, so that's the way that uh, Paul Kent thinks that their spine could work next year if if Kronk comes in, but um, yeah, we still don't have any definitive answer on what he's going to do. Then next year. this is a this is more of a topic for the the Market Watch podcast uh, with you and uh, and Nathan and Benny Iken, but of course uh, we're in the Market Watch off se- off season at the moment. Um, so you know, is this a situation where you know Luke Keary is is uh, is sort of pitched? an idea that Cooper Cronk can come in and um, and make him a better player, you know, a bit of short-term pain, long-term gain? I don't know what they'd be telling Luke Keary. There's been sort of reports that um, the Roosters, even the senior players, uh, hadn't really been kept in the loop about the Cronk talks. Now, there's been denials of that, mm. at least from Mitchell Pearce's standpoint, that, that Pearce has been kept in the loop. Yeah, um, yeah. But... I, I don't know if they would have even met with Luke Keary and and said how they see it all playing out for him. Yeah. Certainly, um, I, I guess if you're trying to sell the Cronk the Cronk move, then then that'd be what you're selling that that he could mentor him and become make him a better player. But Keary's a very different style player to Cronk. Yeah, Keary's never going to be the game manager style, and that that's no. really what Cronk can teach. Yeah, yeah. So. Of course, having a professional like Cooper Cronk in your organisation is not going to be bad for the development of other players, no matter what position they play. But yeah. for me, I, I, I'm a little bit surprised that Kiri is on the on the cusp of re-signing with that hanging over yeah. over the Roosters. I, I, I say it as a bit of a slap in the face if I'm Kiri. He's yeah. just he's just been arguably the best five eight in the competition in in 2017 mm. Mm. Uh, certainly up there as recruit of the year it was right mm. up there uh 
in the Dally M race for for a lot of it, and yeah, and now yeah. they're saying, all right, we're going to go back to the future and put you on the bench for yeah. for fifty minutes of a game or, or something along those lines. So, I think it's a bit of a recipe for disaster, really. The the Cronk signing at the Chooks, he, and, and that looks like the way it's going to go. There's mm. really no one else in the race. The the eels are out. The sharks are still being talked about as a, a possibility. I can't really see that happening. So that that means it's the chooks and only the chooks. So yeah, yeah, fascinating to see how it plays out and whether whether any of those big star names do spill out of the roosters, whether yeah. or not they can fit them all under the cap, which <laughs> they say they can. Mm. Even if they can, I, I reckon there's there's a bit to play out there. Yeah, for sure. So I'd be uh, staying up to date on the uh, on the Fox Sports Rugby League section of the of the website. But let's move along to the Rugby League World Cup because it literally kicks off uh, in two days' time when the Kangaroos host England at the Melbourne Rectangular Stadium at 8 p.m. Is that just the the fancy way of saying Amy Park during this? Oh uh, no, because the sponsors sponsorships of stadiums don't <laughs> yeah. count during yeah, the World yeah. Cup. I figured, so. I figured as much. Yeah, can, yeah. but can, just in case the Melbourne uh, fans are confused and turn up to the wrong place or something. <laughs> I don't think there's any other rectangular stadiums to go to. <laughs> good point. Good yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll see. Uh, I think you'll see GIO Stadium is now Canberra Stadium for uh, about a month. So. Yeah, 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 that too. Um, yeah. Uh, John, you've uh, you've tried you're trying to uncover um, some of the more interesting backstories heading into the Rugby League World Cup because obviously it uh, it's an opportunity for plenty of players that aren't you know considered professionals um, you know that play rugby league part time um, you know to find themselves on the on the world stage at a huge sporting event. Um, uh, you were you were just telling me this morning that you you spoke to one of the the Lebanon players. Um, who's sort of in that situation? Uh, tell us about that story and, and his opportunity now to play, um, you know, with players like Robbie Farah. Yeah, actually, it's a it's a really good story, and I'm I'm actually hoping to have it up on the website tomorrow. Chris Saab, he's 36. Um, he made his Lebanon debut back in 2002 with Robbie Farah. Um, it's a long time ago, 15 years. Yeah, he uh, yeah he 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 said he played his SG ball at St George went played Jersey Flag at, at the Roosters, was reserve grade at the Roosters, played played at South, even went to Cessnock because the money was good. <laughs> so he got some good money from the Goannas. And then he's just been a journeyman in, in the Ron Massey Cup. And, um, you know, he's just a part-time footballer. He's got a, an earth-moving business. Um, and, yeah, he was part of that Lebanon side that qualified back in 2015. Um, they beat South Africa over in Pretoria in two games. Yep. And um, and he thought that was it. I'm gonna. I've done my job. I've helped Lebanon qualify um, their first World Cup in 17 years. Um, and then his best mate Robbie Farah, who he debuted with back in 2002, posted up on Instagram that um, I can't wait to play with the boys in 2017. So he was like, "Oh, geez, I'll put my retirement plans on hold." <laughs> um, and he's Honestly, just been playing two years in Ron Massey Cup just for this moment, just so he has his body right. And he said, "I'm not going to rest on my laurels. Um, I want to be want to be picked fair and square in this squad." And um, yeah, so he'll line up in the back row um, this weekend for Lebanon. It's just going to be so great to see so many big name players playing uh, outside the, these top tier nations, Benny. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's the joy of the eligibility changes that mm. that allow players to play 
origin and also play for another country and, and be able to cho- chop and change a little bit so that they can be available for the likes of Tonga and Lebanon and Italy and all those kind of countries for a World Cup. But then if they get a call next year to play for Australia or New Zealand, then they can still do that. So, yeah, I think I think it's it comes in for some criticism, the sort of flip-flopping in the mm. eligibility uh, rules that are in place at the moment. But I think in terms of just the spectacle that we'll see during the World Cup, uh, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, interest is, um, is, has certainly been high in the last few weeks as all this has unfolded. Now, boys, Australia v England Friday night, as we mentioned, uh, Dane Gagai was probably the 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 selection that um, that few saw coming, but but it's it's not really a surprise when you consider his his rep form heading into it. Um, that's obviously one of the the things we're going to be eager to to keep an eye on this Friday night. Yeah, he uh, he was a standout for the Maroons in in Origin, um, and obviously Mao was watching that, and yeah, I I can't see any reason why yeah he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, and nothing, nothing's been held back in terms of the the, the look and the makeup of this uh, this Australian team, full strength um, for sure. Boys, give us maybe one or two little things that we should be looking for in each of those games as we rattle through them. What what else are you keeping an eye on in, in this uh, World Cup opener Friday night? Oh, well, obviously the talk's been about the Sam Burgess punch uh, <laughs> that happened in the last uh, Test match between Australia and England. So. Uh, I'm looking for a fairly uh, fiery beginning to the game. I think there'll be some some fairly willing contact, and mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe even a square up. So, um, hopefully, that's the case. Obviously, they're starting with David Clemmer in the front row, as well as Aaron Woods, the Australian. So, mm-hmm. um, Clemmer has got the reputation for being a bit of a hothead at times. Mm-hmm. So it'd be good if if he uh, takes it upon himself to really take it to. To Sammy Burgess and, and James Graham, his old mm. d- Bulldogs teammate. So I think the the contest up front for the opening five or ten minutes will be one to watch. How good's that? The NRL three hundred and sixty uh, players going head to head in uh, in national colours. Uh, Gareth Witter, Josh Hodgson, James Graham, Sam Burgess, Elliot Whitehead, obviously all familiar NRL names in that England side, uh, boys. And then on Saturday uh, we've got. By the looks of things, a triple header. Papua New Guinea v Wales first up in Port Moresby uh, with a 4pm uh, Eastern Australian Eastern Standard Time start. I think we're daylight ta- time now, aren't daylight, we, Daylight, that's what I meant. Yeah, good. thanks for <laughs> picking me up on that one, Benny. That's very important. Um, what are we looking forward to in this game particularly? Oh, I can't wait to see uh, PNG winger Gary Lowe in action. He scored something like 36 tries... Um, for his English team, Sheffield, uh, the Sheffield Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just signed a Super League deal with Castleford, who, uh, who just fell short um, in the Super League grand final. Um, I think he's going to come up with a few tries for sure. He's just a try-scoring machine. And, yeah, he played for the PNG Hunters. So number uh, five. Yeah, yeah. So look out for him. On the wing. Yeah, nice. Uh, and... And then New Zealand, uh, they're hosting Samoa at Mount Smart Stadium, 6.10pm Australian Daylight Time, uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Benny, what do you reckon? Well, um, obviously, there's been, you know, uh, the anticipation for how the Kiwis are going to look is really the, the big thing heading into this, right? No country's under as much pressure as yeah. New Zealand, I don't think, just because uh, David Kidwell's had a very rough start to, <laughs> to head coaching 
the Kiwis and there's all this talk about the defectors who have gone to Tonga not being happy with Kidwell and more specifically his decision not to pick Jesse Bromwich and Kevin Proctor mm. for the World Cup because of the cocaine bust that happened when they last played. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, just saying if New Zealand actually turn up and look like a, a team that can give the World Cup a shake, they're, they're obviously one of only three teams, really, that's that's given any chance of, of yeah. lifting the trophy. So, for, for the sake of the competitiveness of the World Cup, you want to see a really strong New Zealand. But, but obviously, Samoa, too, are, they're, they're a pretty strong team in their own right, and particularly yeah. in the forward pack. So... Um, look, I, I yeah. think I think we'll see a fairly willing contest there again that might be close for quite a while and be good to see New Zealand put under a bit of pressure. Mm. What do you reckon, Johnny? Uh, I think New Zealand's probably going to edge them out, but I, I would expect a pretty close game, yeah. When you've got guys like Josh Papali in, in the Samoan back row and that, you know, that's going to help them tenfold. Mm, plenty yeah. of yeah, plenty of uh, big names and recognisable names in, in both those teams, but uh, potentially a little bit green and raw, so really interesting uh, to see how that one will play out. And then Saturday night uh, at 8.40 p.m. Fiji, they're up against USA in Townsville. What do you, what do you make of this one? Uh, I think Fiji's just going to walk all over them, to be honest. Uh, you know, USA, you know, they're... they're they're going to have a, you know, they're going to put in a, a decent effort, but Fiji is just going to be too strong. Pretty much the entire Fijian lineup looks um, to be NRL representative. So, um, yeah, you're probably not wrong there, John. On Sunday, we've got another triple header, kicking off with Ireland v Italy uh, in Cannes, starting at 3 p.m. Uh, all eyes on James Tedesco, right, Benny? Absolutely, yeah, always good to see uh, one of the elite players of the competition lining up for, for a minnow. Pretty unlucky to miss the Kangaroos squad, Teddy. So, um, yep. But yeah, he's, uh, he enjoys representing his Italian heritage and, and that should be a, a pretty good game. It's, it's probably worth noting Tedesco's not the only name we should be keeping an eye on, right, Johnny? You know, Terry Campisi, uh, Jack Johns also in the halves and then Paul Vaughan up front. Yeah, oh, it's a it's a great side, and and I reckon Italy would will probably win this game. Yeah, yeah. That, that should be one of the really sort of interestingly fought contests. I would have thought, uh, which kicks off Sunday, and then France v Lebanon, as we mentioned in Canberra, a four p.m. start. Uh, what happens here? Do you reckon? Uh, Lebanon have got Robbie Farrer and they've Mitchell got Moses and Johnny's mate. Um, well, you, they've still got Tim Manor as well. Um, yeah, Michael Leisha. I think I think Lebanon have a strong side on paper. That spine is pretty pretty strong when you're looking at Liker at hooker, Farrer at halfback, and Moses at five eight. So yeah, yeah. they're not going to be mugs. So yeah, I'd expect uh, Lebanon to come out on top of that one. The one the one thing that France do have in their favour, I think they have about eleven. Catalans players in that lineup, okay. and so they're they're obviously they've got their combinations down pat. Yeah, um, so that that will definitely help their cause. Although Catalans have been pretty ordinary this year, haven't they? They <laughs> well, almost, they almost yes, got relegated yeah, they got re- <laughs> from the Super League. Which, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, uh, and then Scotland Tonga rounding out uh, a big weekend of rugby league World Cup action, and of course. This Tongan team is <laughs> has been well publicised for a few weeks now. Um, I'm sure we're all looking forward to 
how they go in their in their uh, World Cup opener. Yeah, Tamalolo and Fafita, and and that's not where it stops for Tonga. <laughs> no. They've got they've got a very strong side. They they have a genuine chance of beating New Zealand when they play them in a few weeks. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it'll be great to see them sort of get out with that strong lineup for the for the first time and and see if they do have an opportunity to to really progress in the tournament, maybe make a semi-final or even a, a final. Mm. Joe Offerhangawi, Solomoni Qatar, and David Fusatua, all very handy first-grade NRL players, can't even force their way into the starting 17 for yeah. this Tongan side. Yeah. It's and they, extraordinary. And they're some of the so-called defectors from New yeah. Zealand. So yeah. um, that makes it even more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they must be having a real good time in camp, I reckon. All, all good mates uh, getting around one another and just excitement and anticipation uh, for the tournament ahead, boys. That 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 should probably uh, just about do us. Uh, any final thoughts heading into into the World Cup action? It's just worth noting that uh, we'll be covering every game live on the on the website. We'll have live blogs and video of the best moments and reaction and, and that so if you, if you can't get yourself in front of a TV set or out to the ground then yeah. foxsports.com.au will certainly have you covered I, I, I just had had one thought Sydney it's, it doesn't get one game to not, open the World Cup not to open up no well, I think Sydney gets plenty of league over the yeah, course of the, I like that. the 12 That's months good. and yeah. we're only getting two games all told so yeah. well, both Lebanon games yeah Lebanon versus okay. England and Lebanon versus Australia so interesting yep Nice. Well, thank you very much for joining the Splash today, boys. Uh, as Ben uh, rightly mentioned, head to the Fox Sports website across the weekend for all of uh, all of the updates. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks very much again for uh, for tuning in uh, to the Splash on this Wednesday. Until next time, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.